Welcome back all once again to the 60th instalment of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 1st of May 2017. We're just at the end of the game week with Liverpool finishing off against Watford tonight. More about that in a little bit. First of all, welcoming back the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back yourself. Thank you very much, sir. And we've got two great guests for you this week. We're treating you all to an extra name. First of all, a man that's been with us before. Joining us once again, it's Mika. Yeah, hi guys, good to be back. Welcome back. Um, I'll come to you in a minute and ask you a little bit about how you've been getting on recently, Mika, as I'm sure we'll all be uh, keen to hear how things progress, because you were quite high up last time. And uh, and also, making his debut on the pod, welcoming for the first time, it's FPL Stato. Hi, Billy. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. Thanks a lot for having me. Welcome. Great to have you on board. Never excited about uh, having you join the uh, the surgery for this uh, this particular recording session. Can you, as a, as a newer member of the um, coming on to the pod, can you just tell us a bit about your involvement with FPL and how you've been getting on this season? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I actually only joined last season, to be fair. Um, but like the story seems to be with everybody else is you get hooked so quickly. Um, and uh, I feel like this season, just starting off, I had a first good run up of the preseason and I started well, had a bit of a dip down to about 100, 150, 160k and then sort of since Christmas really, I've I've kind of risen up now to around 30, 40k and I'm, I'm just hovering there at the moment and I think I'm, I'm fairly pleased with how I'm getting on. I think I've still got a lot to learn, sort of the football tactics side and stuff like that, but um, yeah, enjoying every minute of it to be honest. I have to ask, why the name Stato? Because that, that would indicate very sort of mathematical thinking when it comes to FPL. What's the thinking there? <laughs> Honestly, I don't really know. I just kind of plucked it out of nowhere. I mean, I do like a bit of stats. Uh, I can't lie. But there's a lot to be said for kind of ignoring them at certain times. Uh, and I'm still mastering that art, I must admit. But uh, but yeah, that's just me. Yeah, intuition versus numbers. We often have that, uh, that discussion on the pod. But uh, good to have you on board. We'll be good to hear how you've got on this game week. Coming back to you, Mika, how have things been going since the last time you were on the pod? Because we were wrongfully accused last week of tainting people <laughs> after they come on the podcast. How have you been doing since you were last with us? Uh, last time I was on game week 29, right? Yeah. Around there, yeah. Back then I was around uh, 3K and I've been basically hovering around there. At the moment, before this uh, Watford-Liverpool game, uh, I was around 5K, 4.8 to be honest. And uh, I'm not that happy. I tried to uh, get into that 1K, 2K, but I just can't get there. Just... I made some bad 50-50 calls, for example, between Benteke and Saha and stuff like that. So I've been hovering. You've just been kind of hovering. I mean, Stu, I think, in the top 5,000, that's pretty damn impressive. Iceman? Yeah, no, he's, he's obviously a quality player. He has been for a while, though, haven't you, Mika? Um, you're in uh, that Moolah head-to-head thing as well, and only the good players seem to go in that one. Me, myself, at the moment, I am... Um, not fared too well this week so far. Are we moving on to how we're getting on this week, Billy? Let, let's let's transition into that. How have you done this week? Yeah, so? it's it's kind of going average. I'm on 51. Uh, I did take a minus four. I just thought there was a couple of gambles I just wanted to take just to try and catch our mini league. Uh, he's in second place. You're leading now because you're flying away. So I took out Sanchez and then I brought in Hazard for a minus four. 
thinking he's going to score something and Sanchez is going to get nothing. So I was right about the Sanchez thing, but Hazard only got an assist, so in the end I, I ended up losing one point out of that. But I brought in Gabardini, captained him like most did. I swayed away from Aguero last minute, about 30 minutes before the deadline, and how wrong I was there, because you captained him. I did. Uh, he, he got a nice 12 points. So yeah, I'm on 51 minus 4, so 47 at the moment. Still got Origi to grab me two goals, so he's still got to do that in this game. He's got how many goals? He's got seven minutes left, so good luck, Origi. I, I would back him. I would definitely back yeah. him. We'll keep you updated yeah. with that. Live updates of the Liverpool game. Yeah. Um, come back to you, Stato. How have you got on this week? Yeah, not not too dissimilar to to um, Iceman there. I, I took out Siggy, actually. I'd had him in my team for donkey's years, and I think I've been one of the last people I could see on Twitter that was still clinging on to him. And typically, I take him out and he scores. But... Uh, he scores against United. I don't have any United cover. So, you know, he wipes out their clean sheets for me. And I brought in King, who scored as well. So everything else has stayed the same. I've dropped mortar, basically. 52 points. I've kind of got a, a grey dot, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> a grey mark. Yeah, good decision to bring in King, performing once again this week. I'm sure we'll have a lot to say on him a little bit later. And Mika, how have you got on this week? Yeah, I'm also on 52 points, like Stato. I brought in Yoshida in for Fabio from Middlesbrough. I bought him for that miserable double game week, which didn't go really well. And, well, Yoshida almost got assists if Tadic would have scored that penalty kick, but... He didn't, so I just got six points from him, and I captained Kane. He got that one call uh, goal, but if he wouldn't got that yellow card, he he was on two bo- bonus points before that, so he would have got those. Unfortunately, he got that yellow card, and I just got five points. That's that's Mika. I was going to say that's a massive thing with what I noticed this week with yellow cards and stuff like that. Is you know you look at King and you look at Kane, they both just scored one goal. But if you'd captained King, you know you would have ended up with. 22 points uh and i didn't i you know i captain kane as well as you, as well as you did i think and you know you just get the 10 points and that's you know it's 11 point swing when they both just scored one goal it's just that kane got the yellow yeah. didn't get any bonus and uh you know 10 11 points that's if you're around the 100k mark that's that's 20k in rank you know it's a massive amount yeah that's a big swing yeah, it just it just shows in FPL there is a lot of luck to it, and I know uh, someone who's been benefiting from that quite a lot recently. He, uh, what what type of jam are you into, Bully? Is it Robinsons or or Hartley's? It's uh, it's actually by flavoured this week right, because okay. uh, yeah. because uh, Iceman I selected by knowing fully well after sixty minutes he would go off injured fifty nine yeah. sixty minutes against clean. I thought that as well. Yeah, I thought that. Was and then um, and then the free kick was scored and you lost all of your defensive. Yeah. Points, I had, so. Three United, uh, you know, De Gea, Blind and Valencia. Yeah, it worked out lovely for me. Jam for me, lemons for you once again. I also <laughs> captained Cunaguer. For what it's worth, I've had a fairly decent week again. I'm on 70 points if Klein holds on to this clean sheet, so I'm pretty happy with that. Um, I've had Aguero as captain. Ali's got me eight. Um, I've had sixes across the back three, and I've had Joshua King as well. Um, they've also got Martin Daroon to come off the bench with one point. The, uh, the only change, ironically, I made this week was terrible. I didn't quite trust uh, Palace to do the job at Burnley, so I took out Townsend. Thought I'd plump for someone around the same price range of Sterling, and of course he got no minutes. So <laughs> all I've got there is Daroon sat on my bench. Also my bench is Tom Heaton, nearly points, but just another shout-out. He's got another clean sheet ice man so still still doing it despite you doubting him 
<laughs> yeah, it's still, still an option. To, to, to be fair, you know what I would have as well, but now he's amazingly still doing it. Well, let's move on to the uh, the mini league and see how things sit. Mika, this is a good time for us to do this because you are nicely propped in 10th place at the moment. In ninth place, we've got Coman, your blues. Paul Mitchinson with 72. Andreas Alanda is in 8th place. Tom Coppings up into 7th. Vivesh Reddy in 6th place. Matthew Greco in 5th. Abdullah Al-Mamun is in 4th. Darren Anthony Hoy in 3rd. Paul Hagland in 2nd. And still leading the way and pulling away, I've got to say, a little bit this week, is Anders FK with the Bricklayers. And, uh, and their team this week has moved up. What's the gap now? We're looking at about 50 points clear. So Sorry, 40 points clear. So a decent gap for the bricklayers. He has actually played his wild card, and he's got Aguero in his team for his wild card. So, but he's just got injured Aguero, so maybe he won't know he's going to move him out for. To, to be Jeez. fair, I'm, that, that is a, that's a great wild card team he's, uh, he's put together there, and that, that Aguero situation can easily be swapped with uh, one transfer this week. But yeah. great wild card team. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. I was just going to shout out um, manager of the month so far as Darren and Anthony Hoy, is it? Yeah, Darren Anthony Hoy, so I thought it looked like an A. Kings Mings, he's top of April at the moment, and you're actually 10th at the moment, Bully, so just shows what a whopping month you've had so far. It has been going nicely towards the end of the season. I hope it carries on for the next few game weeks. Yeah, we will see. Hartley's jam, yeah. Love so much game. jam. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do love a bit of jam. Right, let's move on to the game week ahead then. So, lads, the main focus of the uh, of the week is going to be on these double game weeks once again. We've slightly changed the format of the pod. Usually we go through every game individually, but what we're going to do is go through each team and all their upcoming game weeks, starting with Arsenal and Southampton, as they've got game week 36 and 37, and then the remaining fixtures for game week 37 for those double game weeks so starting from the top we've got the mighty arsenal which well and truly sealed themselves as the second best team in north london <laughs> losing to spurs over the weekend delighted about that Iceman, let me let me let you lead us off with the oh, emotions of this one oh, arsenal in game week 37 have manchester united first of all that's on sunday the 7th of may Three days later, they're away at Saints. So by no means easy fixtures, given confidence levels at the moment. Game week 37, they then play Stoke and Sunderland. So far more appealing. Iceman, what do you think of Arsenal at this point? I think that... Well, what I think of Arsenal, not not good at all, really. They're not in good form uh, in terms of... They, they've just changed this three at the back and they've got to get used to it. You know, This is a worry... For me, I don't know whether Wenger's going to stick to it now that he's just lost 2-0. I think he might be chopping and changing. I'm not sure. It is a bit of a worry, but I am going to go with the Arsenal team at the moment because of those two fixtures in game week 37 and the two fixtures in game week 36 I think you've just got a you've got a chance here that it you know it could come good so it is going to be between Sanchez Ozil that's the big question here whether to go for Sanchez or downgrade him to the likes of Ozil I'm going to go with in my wildcard team because I'm wildcard in this week I'm going to go with Czech Gabriel and Sanchez and Gabriel is always going to be that risky one because it looks like Monreal is probably the only true nailed on other than Koscielny. Mustafi might be back in two weeks time so that leaves the window open for those players but Monreal at 5.8 is looking to be a good option uh, but it's whether they're going to keep clean sheets as well against Man United at home I don't know if I can see a clean sheet there it's only at Southampton maybe maybe Stoke away Stoke's always a hard place to go and it's going to be Sunderland at home and then Everton at home that you're going to be looking for points but 
I don't know if the ceiling's going to be that massive. I'm hanging on to Gra- Gabrielle at the moment until I'm persuaded differently. I'm sure you guys have got something else to uh, contribute. Mickey, you're going to go... I, I know you're going for Monreal at the moment. Are you sticking with him? Yeah, I'm definitely sticking with him. Um, yeah, with that three at the back, Monreal can play either wing-back or he has played at the centre-back in that three-man back line. For me, personally, he's the most secured one, uh, if you don't include Czech. I, I have at the mo- I'm also wildcarding at the moment. I have them both. They're, those are pretty much the best uh, options. Uh, Gabriel is also good one because of the value and you need definitely value if you're wildcarding. There's so many big players you need in, you need to get. But I just can't see Gabriel playing in every game. So I'm not going to bet on him. I'm just going to get Monreal and play it safe like I normally do. Yeah. Okay, what about you, Stasso? What do you think of Arsenal over these next few game weeks? I think their form is a worry. I mean, um, I saw a stat on, on Twitter the other day about shots on target against them per game. And in the second half of the season, it's something like 5.8, which is 19th worst with only Sunderland worse than that. And they've conceded more than they did for all of last season already. And they've still got five games left. So basically, uh, the backside has fallen out of their defence compared to last season at least. And it does worry me whether... You know, a double double game week really is as good as it as good as it looks. And their schedule, uh, the schedule is really hard. It's it's four games and two get you know two days rest between between each one. So just talking about uh, Montreal there, I think he's the only guy I would pick as a safe and b at least somebody who could provide attacking returns. You know, if if the clean sheet returns aren't aren't going to come. So yeah, uh, you need at least I think one clean sheet over those four matches to be absolutely sure that you're going to get a beneficial return just just you know compared to say a team playing once in both game weeks and you know managing to get two clean sheets so you are taking a big gamble i think if you play more than one arsenal defender if you're going to pick someone like gabriel which admittedly is an enabler but if he doesn't play then um you could, you could be in trouble and um and check obviously because you know, he's not likely to suffer any troubles from fatigue. So I think he's currently sitting in my draft at the moment for my wildcard as well. And yeah, that's basically where I'm at. Um, are we going to move on to talk about Sanchez and Ozil? Well, I was about, I was about to say that nobody <laughs> so far has put out the name Sanchez. Now I'm going to lead this off by saying Sanchez, one in six starts. We've got a fat lip. We've got amateur dramatics. We've got loads going on with the Chilean. Um, as you're on him, Stato, what, what are your thoughts on Sanchez at this point? Well, I mean, I I looked into this a couple of weeks ago, and we all know that he's not returning what he should be returning, or at least what he was returning um, when he was playing up top. And being out on the wing, if you actually look back at all the numbers, he's he's never actually he's had eight double digit hauls this season and he's never had one of them from playing out the wing but looking at the less I think yeah yeah, it is it is a big one because he's I mean he's looking like he can assist and yeah on a set piece like he did the other week you know you know banged in a great a great free kick but um in terms of open play he's not you know he's not scored since the the West Brom game which was was it five six matches ago and yeah he's got a double double you know double double game week so you can't ignore it is he playing more centrally i thought he i thought he was going to with the wing back system just because you know on the overlap he he cannot be able to sort of drift in a little bit more and looking at the leicester game which was the game before last he he did look pretty central his sort of average position was 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 almost down the middle tottenham game i think you kind of almost have to ignore that i think tottenham are just 
more imperious than yeah more imperious than Arsenal and uh, I I, I do think he'll just play every game I think he's one of those guys he won't miss a minute and I think you've just got to have him but I'll probably end up shooting myself if I don't if I don't have him and he scores so. I think um, it's the question of releasing those funds, and I think it is a possibility going to Ozil, uh, moving down. I have looked at a couple of wildcard drafts, moving in Ozil instead of Sanchez, but that's only because Ozil can punish the smaller teams, and I feel like maybe mm. Stoke and Sunderland are the smaller teams. But again, I can see Sanchez doing the same, and you can also see him scoring in any game. But like you say, you look at the game against Tottenham, we didn't look like we involved him a great deal at all. Uh, we are playing Man United, so I can see them probably holding us as well. So maybe it might be worth dropping to Ozil because that's two mil or, or whatever it is. Uh, what's the difference in, in price between those two? It's uh, at 1.8, 1.9, I think. Yeah, 1.8. Yeah, so that difference, whether they're both going to not score much, could make a lot for the rest of your team. So that's what I'm kind of considering. But... You, you just know what Sanchez can produce and knowing that he can do that, he's just always going to be a captain option as well uh, because this next game week, uh, game week 36, a lot of people are going to be, be captaining him and that's also a worry, knowing that a lot of people are going to be captaining him. So if he does score well, like I've said before, and you haven't got him or you haven't got the captaincy on him, you're going to drop him rank no matter what uh, and that, that's always going to be a bit of a worry, watching him and not having him. So it's almost safer to probably have him, which is probably what you're doing, aren't you, Mika? Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely going to keep Sanchez just because of the the captain ball mm. stuff. Uh, he's definitely going to be captained with so so highly that I simply can't ignore that. I'm going to watch the game behind the sofa if uh, if I doesn't ha- if if I don't have him. Yeah. Jesus Christ, hard to pronounce, but uh, yeah, I simply. It's hard to give advices for not having him. It's just he's so explosive. I know that if he plays in, on the wing, he doesn't score that much like Stato said, but still, he's Sanchez. He has double-doubles. On paper, in FBL, you have to have him. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts I smell on those? No, not really. No, we've kind of exhausted that as much as we can go. Yeah, I think sorry. the only thing I'd, sorry, the only thing I'd say is Ozil, I mean, his stats aren't dreadful. Mm. He's had a couple of goals and a couple of assists in the last five games, but I just don't think he like. I don't think he looks like he's going to score big points unless Arsenal's sort of general form picks up. He's he's only taken three shots in the last five games. You know, you compare that to to Ericsson, who's had who's had twenty six. You know, it gets a bit gets a bit embarrassing. And then you look at the any other options. I suppose you could look at are uh, Walcott, Chamberlain, you know, Giroud, well back, but you just don't trust them to get to get decent minutes. You know, it wouldn't be so bad if Arsenal were already scoring well because, you know, you'd at least expect some points from from them as like a sort of mid priced mid priced punt, but it's it's not for me. I was just gonna say I think um usually a double double game week with the idea of Theo Walcott would be Again, for me, a no-brainer. But with this new three-four-three system, I really worry for Walcott's game time because there's no way he can play right wing back like Chamberlain's done a fairly decent job there recently. And you're not going to play him off the front man either. So I do worry about Walcott's game time over the next few, unless we switch back to a four-five-one again. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. That, well, just to add to that, uh, Sanchez is owned in top one thousand squads almost fifty percent before the wild cards are included in. So his probably going to be around uh, maybe 70-80% owned and probably uh, everybody's going to captain him. So 
there's a really big risk if you don't get him. Interesting. So uh, divided opinions there on Sanchez and Ozil and it sounds like really we're plumping a little bit more for the Arsenal back four or back three rather. So let's move on to Southampton. The uh, the second game or the second team rather in the first and uh, overall double double game week. That's going to be a mouthful. They have Liverpool and Arsenal. So not the easiest fixtures going. Liverpool, I can confirm, have just won 1-0. You will know that by the time it's published. But just so we know, Iceman's Origi punt has not come off. Um Let's come to Mika first of all for this one. Nice man, you started last time. Southampton, defensively been pretty decent all season. Gabbiadini's been the one that everybody's been looking at as a third-choice striker. Mika, who, who do you like from the Saints team, if any, over these next four fixtures? <laughs> yeah, uh, Gabbiadini was really dreadful on last game. I know many people captain him, and unfortunately, he just got that one point and was changed off before the 60-minute mark. Uh, from the defense, Yoshida is absolutely brilliant. He's giving some attacking returns, uh, and he, like I told you all uh, uh, earlier, uh, he almost got that assist from uh, penalty kick. Also, uh, Stevens at 4.1 is absolute steal with double double game weeks. They don't have the center backs uh, rather than Yoshida and Stevens because uh, Van Dyke is out and the Caceres uh, guy from Juventus haven't played at all. I don't know. I don't know if he has played in under 23s or anything like but that. But I can't see him coming in the team. At least, if he comes to the team, he's going to drop Stevens. But Yoshida with 4.3 is up, uh, totally nailed on. So, for me, those guys are under my uh, monitoring. At the moment, I have both of them in my team. I can't see them keeping many clean sheets, unfortunately. Their, their form is not that good. And like you said, their fixtures are Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United and Middlesbrough away. So, I can't see many uh, clean sheets from there. But... With double-doubles, there's uh, basically four points for every game week, even if they play. I can't see Southampton conceding many in every game, so four points from uh, 4.1 guys, really good for that game week. And then we have that uh, lovely talent guy. Uh, Capitini is interesting one, as he's really good uh, overall. He's contributing a lot on, on the field. He's totally different than Southampton's other strikers, uh, Long or Austin. Uh, Austin is pretty much a goal scorer. Uh, Shane Long is a guy that likes to run behind the defenders, but Capitini can do it all. And that's why I see Capitini starting basically in every game. Austin, uh, I, I think he just got back, right? He had that injury, yeah. but yeah, I think he just got back to the team. I don't think he's going to come on. I don't think he's going to be starting any of these games. I think he's just going to be a sub-option, but that's, the and again, another way of Gabardini not getting all the minutes, I suppose. Yeah, but back to Gabardini. Uh, for double-double again with that price... Uh, I think you just have to get him. Unfortunately, there's only three attacking slots in FPL. You can't fit them all, but with that price, for me, no brainer. Okay, and what about you, Stato? Do you like anyone to add to the sentiments of Mika? I think it's uh, with the defensive side. I think it's a really tricky one to judge. It's uh, you know it's a pretty grueling schedule of fixtures, and the game week 36 defensively, those fixtures are are really tough. Uh, I think if you look at the last couple of game weeks, their defensive form as a team has dipped quite a lot, actually. So 
what I'm looking to do is probably just play one uh, Southampton defender in game week 36 and probably two in game week 37 simply because Stevens, as Mika said, is it's so cheap. You know, it's it's an enabler really to, to do other things. And, you know, fingers crossed he plays twice as well. But I think, as I say, with 36, game week 36, I wouldn't personally play two Southampton defenders because I think you'll probably end up with a two plus one or a one plus one or or something like that, if they can see two goals, you know, which they could easily do away to away to Liverpool, um, then, uh, you know, you're really not going to get as much as you thought you were going to get. I, th- I think they're, they're a given, considering their price and the fact they've got so many games. Yeah, that, that Middlesbrough fixture they've got actually could be very interesting. Mm. Um, Middlesbrough are probably going to be relegated by then. I think as long as Hull beats Sunderland this week coming and Middlesbrough don't beat Chelsea... I think they're pretty much down. I think they're mathematically relegated. So, you know, they're going to be facing Southampton, who will be tired, but I think it could be interesting to see what happens in that in that match. I think so. Well, there's a few options there from Saints, potentially fixtures sort of mixed, but let's move on to our next double game week. So the first of the uh, game week 37 non-double-doublers, I suppose, and that's thinking about Chelsea. Now they've got Middlesbrough coming up this week and their double game week is against West Bromwich Albion and Watford. So pretty decent fixtures there. Stata, I'm going to come to you first for this one. Who are you thinking about in the Chelsea side for the next sort of four? Well, you have to just assume they're going to plough on, don't you? With their with their sort of form, their imperious form, and they've cleared their biggest hurdle now, haven't they? With Everton, so no matter what Spurs can do, I don't think you know Conte is certainly not going to relent until they're you know mathematically champions. And I just find it hard to predict after that. I mean, Watford's their second game of thirty-seven, and then Sunderland at home. But is he going to play all of his key players for that Watford game if if they're already champions? Maybe not, but then do you want to go without Hazard? You know, do you want to go without without Costa? And if you get that call wrong, uh, you're gonna you're gonna suffer pretty badly. Maybe someone like Willian may pop up in that Watford game. Uh, maybe Fabregas. You'll probably see John Terry in the last match. But yeah, I think you're gonna be looking at. I'm certainly gonna be looking at two, possibly three Chelsea players just because of those fixtures. They're just so good, and there could be some big cricket scores going on. Yeah, this is why I've kind of held on to Alonso because I, I bought him for it was five point nine, so he's at six point three at the moment. Um, and yeah, I, I do think I'm going to bring in Hazard, but I'm actually looking at someone else who a lot of people might not be looking at is Matic. He's he's only four point eight, and I think he's going to get both games. He seems to get a lot of minutes. He has done for the last four. He's got ninety minutes, but he, he does come off sometimes. So it is a little bit of a worry, but. He could be one of these players for that double game week that could get maybe an assist or two. And he is a, a big enabler for me. So at the moment, he is in my wild card. I like it. Amika, what about you? What do you think of Chelsea? Yeah, I think if you are on your wild card, Chelsea has to be one of the main core teams that you focus on. Uh, the only problem with Chelsea is that if they secure the title, will they rotate and how mo- motivated are they to defend? Will they give John Terry, for example, that game time and stuff like that? Uh, defensively, they haven't been the most solid recently. Uh, and before this game week, uh, this Everton game, uh, their last clean sheet uh, was in game week uh, 22. So, not that solid. Yeah, not good. Yeah. Uh, David Lewis also got injured uh, this game week. But I saw some tweets already uh, suggesting that it wasn't very serious. So, no idea about that, if he can play or not. I'm sure many people who was licking their fingers already and watching Ake, but unfortunately, (laughs) 
anything secure to play. <laughs> he could get, could get some game time, uh, Ake, but he's a massive risk, isn't he? I know he's only he's only three point eight, so it's quite tempting for a few wild carders to bring him in. But yeah, I, I just I still can't see many minutes from. Him. I think Chelsea towards the end of the season. I mean, uh, we had Peter Blake last week say even if they have won it, I think they'll play their full team. I, d- I don't think that's going to be true because they have got the FA Cup at the end of the month and you've got to think about that. Yeah, uh, yeah there might be some rotation if they have won it, but Spurs are playing so well at the moment that I don't think they're going to until um, until the last game. So, yeah, it's uh, I think they're going to stick with their normal team. Does Conte want to keep the team uh, with the form or does he want to rotate and give the rest uh, rest for the team? If he keeps the uh, form team on, he can uh, like move go with the flow if you if you know what I mean, like keep the good form going on yeah. before the d- does he want to change the things around before that big final? I don't know. Keep the momentum. Is that what you yeah. mean? Hmm. Yeah, in- interesting one. So let's move on to Leicester's games then. So they've got Watford next, and their double game week is decidedly more difficult. Manchester City followed by Tottenham, and they round off the season at a, a sort of an improving Bournemouth. Iceman, let me come back to you for this first of all. Who do you like from Leicester? Well, I watched match of the day earlier, and I think Schmeichel might be one of these dark horses which no one's going for at the moment. A lot of people are looking at the keepers of Pickford, Caballero, uh, and Czech in goal because they've all got double game weeks. But Schmeichel does, you know, Leicester do keep a tight back line, and he does get a fair amount of saves. So maybe he could be one of these players which you going to score big you can't see it really not against City away and Spurs at home but it could happen it could be one of these uh, these players which everyone's kind of not looked at and he could score big so I'm, I'm kind of thinking about him it's just his price he's up 4.9 so it's a little bit expensive for a kind of punt if he was around about the 4.5 or 4.1 mark I think I'd, I'd actually go for it and punt on him but if you look at the the rest of Leicester's team, there are a few enablers in there in, in the stakes of Albrighton. He is a, always seems to get ninety minutes, so he's at four point nine in midfield. But it is Vardy; he just seems to get involved in in everything. He scored in the last game, great goal. He made a few crosses into the box, which looked like Okazaki could have got on the end of it. Has got an assistant in him as well, so um, he was an option for me to start with before. Costa came back into form and Jesus came back with Aguero out. So I was looking at him because you look at his fixtures either side. He's got Watford in game week 36 and Bournemouth in game week 38. So that was quite tempting in terms. But I'm thinking, well, Watford are playing well now by the looks of it against Liverpool. They seem to held them just to one goal. By the end game, you could probably make your subs because you could probably save them up from there. So if you do want him in for that Bournemouth game, you could probably bring him in for the end. So I'm staying away for Vardy for now. Um, other than that, it would be all Brighton and Schmeichel, which I'm, I'm thinking about. I mean, his, his stats aren't too bad, Vardy. He's got 15 bonus points in his last nine game weeks, which is pretty good going. He's also scored or assisted in eight of his last nine. So seven goals and three assists in that time. So I agree, but I think that the fixtures are difficult. I do think he can score against City and in those other fixtures. And I think just, this isn't stats now, this is intuition, but I do think Vardy's the type of player that will will chase anything until the end of the season. So I've got to say, he's not the first name in my wild card front three, but in my mini league, I'm not necessarily chasing. If I was, I, I would probably consider him. I do think he is an option. Yeah. Mika? 
Yeah, definitely. The only problem is that uh, we only have uh, three slots for attackers, and we have uh, value, and what is really expensive. Yeah. Let's say our uh, core core in wildcard includes Costa, Kane, Body. Those guys are gonna take a huge chunk of your value. Then you also need to fit Sanchez, Hazard, maybe Ali. With those, you don't have much room to work with, basically. So it's it comes down to the fact that how do you want to set up your team? If you want to go with big three big strikers, you have to give up somewhere else. Okay, and what about you, Stato? What are you thinking about Leicester? Yeah, I'm not overly excited about Leicester. I mean, I, they're obviously in the safe zone now. But, um, you know, to be fair to them, as a matter of pride, they're not going to... I don't think they're going to take their foot off the gas. And people, yeah, people are talking about Vardy as a slightly less, expen- you know, less expensive form option than, than going for Costa. But I think at that money, you know, the new kid in town, Jesus, you know, wins hands down for me in terms of potential. I think there's a guy at the back who plays, I'm not going to get this right, but it's Ben Alloween. Ben Alloween. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> you could, I mean, you could look at him as a cheap 4.0 million option. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's, I think Morgan's coming back soon. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's just filling in for Morgan. So he, if you he were is, looking at it, I would I'd probably just ignore it. I think Morgan's on his way back. I was just going to say to you, I think um, that there's no defined date for Morgan. We'd have to uh, speak to our man Ben Dinnery for that. But I guess there's no date for Morgan's return yet. So you uh, might right. just, well, just, just to come in on that, there is a potential return for the 6th of this month. So that's what Din- Dinnery was saying about him. You can carry on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. Go on, Stato. That's that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. So we've covered Leicester there. Let's move on to our next double game week side then. So we are on to Manchester City, Crystal Palace next, then Leicester and West Brom in the double game weeks and Watford final game of the season. Chasing that top four place, crucial for Pep Guardiola, playing against really three, what I would say, pretty much dead sides there. I'm quite excited about the prospect of City. Stato, let's come back to you first of all for this one. Who do you like in their team? Well, everybody's favourite man at the moment now looks like Jesus, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. if Kuhn is, you know, as the rumours as the rumours predict that Kuhn's potentially out for, I don't know, as much as the rest of the season, then Jesus really is the hot, the hot option at the moment. He's, we've not seen a lot of him, but he just has that look about him that he's He's just dangerous, you know, and I think, and I think at his price point, you can expect with City gunning for goals and and, and really trying to secure secure their spot in the Champions League. I think you've got, I think you've got to go for him, to be honest. Um, they've got Palace coming up this week. I really don't know what's going on with Palace. I mean, you know, they, they give they give Burnley their first win away uh, of the season. Sacco's out, sure, but seriously, I mean. I know they're basically safe now, so it's it's as soon as you know Big Sam gets out of his natural habitat, he gets a nosebleed, and you know the wheels come off. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really, really interesting. I think you've got to assume Coon's out now for at least this week, and uh, Jesus against Palace. You know, I'm I'm definitely I'm I'm all over that. Right. Just <laughs> about you guys. Just to comment on the Aguero thing, it did just say he had a tight groin, so he's currently being assessed. Good one to monitor. If you are on your wild card and there is good news about it, you would be kind of wary about it. But yeah, it looks like Jesus, he played, started with Guerra in the last game. So maybe he's just going to continue that. But they did only draw 2-2 to Middlesbrough. So who knows? Who knows what Pep does? It is, is difficult selecting any City player. But at the moment, Jesus is in my wild card team. At the moment, he will remain there until I hear better news about Aguero. 
Okay, Mika, anything to add to that? Yeah, just to add to that, Jesus, I also saw some tweets and rumors about that he's tired because of that long injury layout. So we can't say for sure that he's going to play in every game. So be wary of that. Other than that, uh, from the midfield, I know many people are looking at Sané. He feels really good at the moment. And if Aguero is out, I think it boosts his uh, game time. Again, you never know from Pep. Personally, if I have to choose, I'd rather go Jesus than Sané. Sané is not that explosive from FPL point of view. Yeah, he looks absolutely superb player on the pitch, but if you look his uh, points in FPL, he has only one double-digit return, and that was against Sunderland. So, for me, just because the bigger uh, C point ceiling, I would go Jesus. Uh, also, from City, Claudio Bravo was announced injured, so Caballero for goalkeeper spot is no-brainer for me. Th- those really good doubles, just you just have to go with them. City is not that good defensively, but still, company is back, and those fixtures, you just have to get him. Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. I think if you if you've got a big budget, then he can be your he can be your sort of bench keeper. If you if you are assuming you are bench boosting in in game week thirty seven and if you don't have the budget, you, you could go with him as a lead keeper. Yeah, they've got Palace at home this week. You know, you never know. Um, he's, you know, he's a half-decent keeper and he might keep them out. And uh, yeah, he's a snip. He, he really is. 4.7, I think it is. I mean, he might have even risen already this week. But I think you've got to go for him. Yeah, he hasn't risen yet. But yeah, he is 4.7. He was straight in my team as soon as I heard that Bravo news. Um, I also, I do have the three city at the moment in Sane, Jesus and Caballero because they're the only double game week team with two home games in game week 37. So that's kind of a booster for me. And those those two games are pretty easy games for City but I don't know you look at the fact of how they um, drew against Middlesbrough 2-2 they could maybe muck up against Leicester and West Brom because that's who they're playing at home in that double game week but they do have good fixtures either side in terms of Palace and Watford so yeah I, I'm, I'm just kind of feeling it with City in hope that they're just going to come in form for the rest of the season and maybe this Middlesbrough game was a bit of a blip Okay, so we've got a few options there from City. Now let's cross over to the red half of Manchester. Interesting um, interesting few weeks coming up for United. Arsenal next, of course. Then they play Tottenham, Southampton and Crystal Palace. So a bit of a mixture in terms of teams. We know they've got um, Europa League action and we know their defence has been decimated recently. So, go to you first, Mika, for this one. Who do you like from Man United? <laughs> Man United, uh, to be honest, I don't know what to think of them. They are in a symbolic state because of those injuries. Jose, yeah. Was, uh, yeah, he was joking in the pressure that he's going to play himself at the centre-back. <laughs> they doesn't have anyone else. To be honest, I don't know. Uh, I had Valencia and what well, he played two times in six weeks. I had him. So, absolutely horrible. From the <laughs> that went well. <laughs> I, I wouldn't touch anybody else than Flint. At 5.2, he's uh, okay priced. But if you look at uh, their fixtures, I can't see many clean sheets without any good centre-backs. So, uh, really, really hard. Um, the attacking assets, again, with those fixtures, I'd rather look somewhere else. Nice, man. 
Yeah, I fully agree with what Mika said here. I'm I'm not going near any of United players. They've just if you look at their if you look on FPL they've got a sea of red red flags, just got loads of injuries. They're not exactly trustworthy of who's gonna play either, even if they are all fit, so I'm just keeping away from any United player for me. And uh, Stato, any, anyone, can you offer us any hope for United at all? Well, uh, the only uh, stretch, Blint, just because of his, just because of his price. You know, it's not, it's, that's not too bad, 5.2 for a United defender. But I mean, you know, six games in, what is it, 17 days. I mean, I just, I doubt their ability to return attacking points um, at the moment. They just seem to be kind of liable to part the bus. And um yeah, the Spurs fixture actually on the on the 14th, which is three days after their Europa League tie, is going to be interesting. They're only going to have two days full rest. You know, the players are going to be really tired and Spurs are going to be pretty ravenous. And it's at White Hart Lane. I mean, I just, I can't go there with United. I think it's not good for your blood pressure, whether <laughs> your player starts or not or, or what. I just, I just can't be bothered. Let's just look elsewhere, to be honest. Okay, so let's move on to Sunderland then. So Sunderland are dead and buried now. Interesting run of fixtures. They've got Hull in this game week. They've then got Swansea and Arsenal in the double. And then Chelsea on the last game of the season. I don't see much value in them in here. Stato, let's come to you first for this one. Can you offer us anything from Sunderland? Absolutely not. I mean, they're obviously toast, as you said. And I think, you know, they're probably going to start giving the kids a go and and whoever else. I mean, there could be a lesson to be learned from teams that suddenly find themselves just, you know, free and... You know, just go out there and have a bit of fun like Newcastle did last last season against Spurs. I think it was, was it 5-1, 5-0, something like that. I mean, nobody predicted that. But I'm still counting on further capitulation, to be honest, and rather than anything else. They're playing away to Hull, as you say, and I dare say it'll be, it could be a one-week punt, you know, just, you know, go after Sunderland's blood every, every match they have, just <laughs> go after them and go after Middlesbrough as soon as they're down, you know. Just keep it in mind uh, what sort of games those two teams will produce. God knows. I think you could miss out on some big scores, maybe if you if you don't have any players playing against them. You know they've got Swansea, is it in the in the, the first game of their double game week? So if you don't have your wild card and you've already got say Siggy or Lorente, I wouldn't get rid of them. I'd I'd, I'd keep them because you never know what might happen with that. And then yeah, they've got Arsenal. So practically anybody, Sanchez or Ozil or even Giroud could have a bit of fun. You just you just never know. I mean, assuming most people are going to have Sanchez, uh, practically everybody's going to be counting on some returns in that game. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. Sunderland yeah. are a bit like Man United. They are decimated with loads of injuries now. They went in the last game without Denier, Catamol, Gibson and Jones. They're down. They've already, they've already been relegated, so it's like they're, they're not going to have much fight for them. A lot of people are sticking with Pickford just because he's at that 4.1 price, which could be a good option, just you know, hitting maybe four points. You never know what might happen. We don't know what's going to happen, do we? We're just kind of guessing, but like, I can see them getting decimated each game. Certainly looking that way. Mika, any thoughts? Um, just enablers, big forward with that price, and from the defence, Kone for his 4.2. As an enabler, if you are on a wild card, he's really good. Also, I think Defo will definitely score one more Premier League goal, but unfortunately, there, there are way too many good strikers for this double game week, so I'm not going to go near Defo. Uh, also, if you want to set up your team with 3-5-2, Anitibi is really good enabler as attacking slot. He's only 4.3 and has double, so if you're going to use bench boost on 37 and want to use 3-5-2, 
is really good in that system. But other than that, don't go near Sunderland. Sounds like a, a very good, wise piece of advice indeed. Enablers only. Well, that brings us on to a far more desirable side. With them. Actually, I think it's a, probably a very, very decent set of upcoming fixtures. Tottenham have got West Ham, Man United, Leicester and Hull. Iceman, let me come to you first. Who do you like in this? I think... Kane is the must-have if you are wildcarding, or even if you're not wildcarding. He seems to get a goal every game, even when he does dive against Arsenal and get a penalty. He is going for that golden boot. They're still hoping that Chelsea are going to slip up, so they're going to be playing well each game. I do think that maybe a defender from Tottenham is probably needed. I'm trying to worm one in into my wildcard, but I, I keep having to take him out to make room for funds but Vertonghen is probably the cheapest route which is nailed on at, at 5.7 so he, he's been in and out of my wildcard at times I can see him getting forward and actually scoring here I do think Man United and Leicester are pretty hard teams it's just the games either side of West Ham uh, he's got in this game week and then Hull at the end which you could probably see him smashing them especially if Hull actually managed to stay up which I can see them doing but Ali's going to be staying in my team Kane is in my team at the moment they're definitely not moving they're they're the must-haves of this week which it would be nice to get a uh, a Spurs defender in because you, you look at their form the last few they've kept four clean sheets in a row now so uh, it would be nice to have one of them. And um, Vertonghen, I can see attacking returns from him. OK, Stato, what about uh, what do you think about Spurs in these games? Yeah, well, I think, just to uh, echo what, what's been said, Ali, Kane, Eriksen, take your pick. Possibly just two of them. But, you know, they all look good. I Personally, I'd take Ali over Eriksen, as I still think Ali's got a bit more in his locker than, than Eriksen has. But it's almost a coin flip on, on even those two. I was trying to find a cheapie in terms of a cheap way into Spurs defence. I'd, I'd had Davies, but I can't decide whether Rose is going to just come back and walk straight in, yeah, which worry, I'm starting to think he isn't. I don't know. Yeah. But um, I don't think you'd want to rock the boat if you were Pock. I, I, I just don't think you'd just, you know, it's been working really, really well. And, and on the other side, Trippier, I don't quite know what's going on with that. I mean, I know a lot of people start talking about, oh, is Trippier an option? Um, what is it, four point? 4.5, something like that. And he's potentially a brilliant enabler and a good pick, you know, in his own right. And there was an article today in The Independent that said that Barca, City and United are all after Walker, who's also said that he's, you know, he's expressed that he wants to leave. Could argue Pock may just leave him out of the team. He doesn't want to get him injured, you know, wipe a few million off his price tag. But it looks like he's been, it looks like every game Spurs have had in the last sort of 10 or so matches, he's just been playing one then the other alternately uh, Trippier and Walker it's anyone's guess if you I think if you if you just don't have the budget you could well get away with Trippier or Rose and you, you, you might get away with it and, and save yourself a million a million and a half rather than having say Vertonghen or or, or even all the Weirald I mean he's he's due a goal isn't he I mean he seemed to be scoring and assisting quite a lot last season and he hasn't done anything yet so it almost seems like he's due for the end of the season <laughs> yeah he is due uh, you 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 meant you said Rose is the cheap option there. You meant Davis, I assume. Meant Davis, sorry, yeah. Okay, Mika, what what's your thoughts on Spurs? Um, the only problem is that if you look the fixtures, three of the four are away games. Uh, the only home game is against Man United. All right, it's gonna be the last game on their stadium, so I'm I'm guessing it's gonna be a, a fireworks. But other than that, they are all away games. All right, they're keeping clean sheets and playing well, but they're not scoring that many goals away. The only problem. But still, for me, Kane and Ali, they are definitely must-haves. 
for me personally, I like to limit the risks, so I wouldn't go near Walker and Trippier situation. I know that Trippier price is really tempting, but it's going to hurt like a hell if you pick Trippier and uh, Pochettino plays Walker in every game. So I, I wouldn't go near. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a fair comment. But potentially, you run a real rotation risk with those. You never know quite what Poch is going to do, as ultimately Rose and Walker uh, are the elite fullbacks in that side. Which takes us on to Watford. So, Stato, can Watford offer us any kind of cheap-priced enablers as they play Leicester next, Everton, Chelsea and Man City? That's an ugly run-in. It is an ugly run-in. Three away games and then City at home in their last match. I mean, I was looking at Kapue just because he's, what is he, 4.4, he plays twice, he's cheap, double game weaker. I think you could well look at him as, as someone just to sort of have either on your bench or, or whatever for a, for a bench boost. Searching around on the other guys, I think Dini's just too much money. Niang, possibly, 5.9. But then I don't think you'd want to be mucking around with him when you can have Gabbiadini for just a bit more. Holobas, I think Holobas came off this match tonight. I'm not yeah, quite he sure. Yeah. Is, is he injured or...? Um, he didn't actually play tonight. He's got a foot injury. Oh, OK. I mean, that was one thing I was looking at because... You're not expecting Watford to get clean sheets, but I mean, at least with someone like Holabas, you you know he's he's involved with quite a lot of the attacking play, so that could be an option if he's if he's available again. But other than that, no, I wasn't really looking at Watford to be honest. <laughs> Mika, do you, do you see any value or enablers? You've been quite good at picking out some cut price players. Anyone from Watford? Well, I was looking at Bredos before this Liverpool game, and I just heard that he also got injured in that game. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So with those fixtures, uh, just. Don't don't go near them. Uh, Kapue just because of that price. Uh, when you're doing your wild card, you also need to remember to set up your team. Uh, if you pick uh, way too pricey players, uh, you you are gonna have a big headache because of the uh, picking players for game week uh, 36, 37. You're probably gonna play bench booth, but on 36, you also have to plan how you're gonna set up your team. Yeah, that's that's been an issue for me as well. When uh, I had a team where I just looked at game week 36, I set up a little spreadsheet for myself where I was trying to work out who I was benching each week because you've got to think about that. Obviously, in 37, everyone's bench boosting, so there's no bench in there. But then, even on game week 30, 38, you don't want to have a good player that you're going to bench because you could probably use that money which you've got on the bench to make one of your other players better so i'm trying to make sure that i've got like a, a low price player which i'm hoping for for things in the double game week but yeah that's that's kind of how i'm setting my team out okay so we're staying away from watford pretty much uh, which takes us on to a flailing and flagging west bromwich albion they play burnley and then chelsea and man city which I've got to say, I don't hold much hope for them there. And then Swansea on the last day of the season. I think it was a stat they've only scored once at home since the turn of the year or something like that. So not playing particularly well at all. Iceman, anybody from West Brom, even McCauley, can you suggest anyone? Well, they've scored no goals for five games now. Although they would have won the league for the amount of points per million of transfers made. I heard that on uh, on another podcast, can't remember which so one. They work, they work well on a budget. They work, they work well on a budget, yeah. But no, I, yeah, there's, there's too many options elsewhere and... 
can you see any clean sheets or anything from them? I can't see. If you're looking for attacking returns, like you don't know who's going to get it. Like there's, there's, there's no one nailed for attacking returns there. And then just for those fixtures, Chelsea, Man City, and that double game week, it's not going to be worth it. There's definite goals in each of those games. So no, I can't see anyone. I, I have no stats to prove this, but I can't help but feel ever since they added Jake Livermore to that midfield, he's a good player, but they've just oh, yeah, not true. been. They haven't been as dynamic going forward. Whereas before they were playing you know, with Brunt, they had Chadley, they had Phillips going forward. They added Livermore almost next to Fletcher, and a, I think had a, another defensive midfielder in there, and they just seem to have just gone a bit blunt going forward. I don't know if that is Livermore; they've just gone off the boil. But uh, Mika, any, anyone from from West Brom you like, or again for you, is it end of the season for them? Yeah, uh, like you guys always say, uh, they are the team on the beach. So, <laughs> yeah, so pretty much no for me. Uh, if you need an, another enabler, uh, Evans is their captain and it's just 4.4. Uh, you may go there, but like Iceman said earlier, I can't see any clean sheets, so you definitely should go somewhere else. Uh, I have to mention, though, that I was completely heartbroken as I had to sell Macaulay because I had him since game week one to this point, and I I just sold him uh, And uh, while I'm wildcarding. I was heartbroken. How, how much value did you lose on him out of interest? <laughs> um, he's at the moment 5.2, and I got 4.8 from him. Okay, and what about you, Stato? Any thoughts? No, apart from yeah, they've done pretty well this season. I think they seem to forget how to keep a clean sheet somewhere along the line. And, yeah, they had too many changes in the midfield. I think they had too many injuries. I did really well at one point with, with McCauley, and I think I I think I somehow managed to double up with Brunt as well at one stage. But, yeah, no, it wouldn't touch them. It really wouldn't touch them. They're, t- they're totally on the beach. Yeah, so not a lot of value in, uh, in West Bromwich Albion there. So that brings us to the end of the uh, the double game week teams. Now we've still got sides that are playing single fixtures this week, which we will. Uh, I mean, some of them we, we've covered already, obviously, in talking about the double game weeks. But just to cover the rest of the game week thirty six fixtures, chaps, we've got Bournemouth against Stoke. Now the name probably on everyone's lips, and I, I put a question out to Twitter earlier around Josh King. Josh King doesn't have a double game week, but with his form, his last three fixtures are against Stoke, Burnley, and Leicester. Uh, and I actually think, as a five-point-whatever-he-is-million mid- midfielder, he will likely out- outscore an enabler in game week 37. I think he's got more potential for that. Iceman, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, he's 6.2, and I've been bringing him in and out of my wild card at the moment. I don't know whether to go him or go to Sane, and uh, I, th- I think that there's probably more points than Sane. King just seems to be so clinical, uh, and he does get about, but uh, I just don't... You know when you feel like surely the run is going to end? I feel like I'm just going to be wrong because he's got 12 in his last 14 game weeks and only Deli Ali and Sanchez have had more amongst the midfielders and he's got, I think he's on 15 for the season. He's in such good form. Bournemouth got good fixtures. I think he's a great player to have. I just don't know whether to go for it because I know that other people in our mini league have got him. And I'm thinking maybe I'll go for this differential in Sane instead. I'm between it at the moment. But yeah, I think King is probably the best option there. That's so how you how are you feeling about King and the Bournemouth situation? Oh, I wish I bought him in bloody game <laughs> 28. I know I was talking to Mika about it just before Mika bought him in and... Uh, I helped him buy bloody King and King gets a hat-trick. <laughs> well, at least I think, I can't remember who you're looking at, Mick. You were looking at King versus someone else. Who was it? Uh, we were comparing him with Lanzini. 
Yeah, I think I think to be fair, it was the right decision at the time as well, and he's just been unbelievable. I mean, he, what was it six goals he scored last season? Now he's on what's he on now? Fourteen, fifteen, like fifteen. I mean, it's just yeah, it's crazy. And I think if a phobie's out, is he is he injured now or? Oh uh, yeah, he got injured in the last game, so yeah, well, King's going to start up top. King's starting up top now. I think there's definitely there's definitely plenty of merit in keeping him, even though he's got the three games. They're good games. He's on top form. Phobie's out of the way. Yeah, it's a strong argument, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think King's you know he's in such good form at the moment. Mika, have you have you got him in your blueprint? Yeah, I, I had him. I'm like a same kind of situation like Iceman. It's, I'm uh, hovering around him. Like, can I feed him or do I have to get him off? Um, it's really hard to be honest. Uh, he's playing as a strike and cheap as a bubble gun, so it's a really hard situation only Kane and Lukaku have scored more uh, goals this calendar year if you do a little comparison with him Sergio Aguero for example have scored only 8 goals and have 18 shots on target this calendar year while Joshua King has had 12 goals and 17 shots on target last 6 games his goal involvement have been 50% and he has averaged two goal attempts per game and 3.7 penalty area touches. Again, for comparison, Vardy has a higher minutes per attempt and basically the same amount of penalty area touches as King. So with that price, it's it's a really hard situation. People are trying to convince me and tell me that, oh, surely this this run has to come to an end. Yeah, that's what I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, people were saying that same kind of situation about Wardy last season. And how did that end up? In fact, I did exactly the same last season. I, I didn't see. I saw the run ed- ending for Vardy, and yeah, he just kept going. So maybe I should just bite the bullet and bring in King and just keep him. I think it's a nice shot. So um, before we move on, Billy, I just want to say if King was priced at around about ten mil in FPL, I think he, everyone will probably want to bring him in. Because he's priced it around that bracket where it's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should. But if he was priced at that 10 mil or even 9 mil, people are going to be thinking, oh, he must be good, we must bring him in, must captain him. Bloody so, hell, 10 mil player from Bournemouth. <laughs> well, yeah, but if he's, if he's scoring every week like he is, you're kind of thinking, well, yeah, you've got to have him. Okay, well, what about their opponent, Stoke? We haven't actually mentioned them on the pod today. Is there anyone that you can... Uh, Stato, if I come to you first, anyone from Stoke that you like? Or do you think, again, they're pretty much dead and buried this season? I think it's just the case that there's there's bigger priorities, really. I think, you know, when you're looking at... You know, you've got 11 players you can start and 15 you can pick. I just... I can't get any of those guys into my team. They're just, they're just not as good options. I know Arnie's been playing really well recently. But no, wouldn't touch it personally. No. Mika? Yeah, their defenders are pretty expensive compared to some others. Yeah. And their midfield, nah. Like Stata said, Arnie have been playing pretty good recently and Shakiri, but we have more bigger concerns at the moment, so I, I wouldn't go there. I think that's sensible. Just just another note on Stoke is the fact that Butland is back and he is awesome. So whoever's playing Stoke, maybe you can't see massive holes because if you look at the FPL tracker, Stoke seems to be a bit of a green team. So obviously green indicates that it's a good fixture. But now that mm. Butland's back, maybe it's not going to be. Maybe I can only see one or two goals getting past him. I'll say that and he'll let him four against Bournemouth. But 
just just to note that he is a great keeper and uh, he is saving a lot. That's it. Yeah, I think again it comes back to the priorities thing with the Butland not playing twice is an issue with his cost, but uh, could be a differential ice man. Well, no, don't don't get him. I mean, like for pl- for teams playing against Stoke, keep that in mind that Stoke mm-hmm. might not be the worst team to play against. Right. Okay. Well, let's move on to Everton versus Swansea. So Lukaku's been the uh, well the man up until the last few weeks of the season. Gone a bit quiet recently Mika what, what do you think of Everton versus Swansea uh, yeah well Lukaku people were t- talking about Lukaku that keep remaining a season player but I don't know anymore uh, I think unfortunately we have again more bigger concern in attacking plots uh, Lukaku is really expensive also so he's gonna take a huge chunk of your value because just because of that i i i have to pass him he's a really good player of course but unfortunately he only scores at home uh stato did a nice comparison on lukaku home home form versus away form so he has uh, three games left two away and well that what for 37 home game might that become pretty uh, interesting, but just because we have again bigger concerns, I have to sell him. Uh, other other than that, from Everton, Coleman injury gave really nice slot for Holgate. He's only four point one and basically has played every single minute since Coleman injury. So if if you need enabler, uh, get Holgate. Not a bad shout, Stato. Yeah, I mean Lukaku sort of feels a bit harsh to drop him, but I mean. Just watching match of the day, he wasn't even that bad with Chelsea. I think he he was in position on a couple of occasions to to get a through ball from one of them was from Barkley, the other one was I think Calvert Lewin, Lewin, whatever his name is. And <laughs> I mean, they really let him down. I mean, he was right there, ready to take the ball, and he probably would have finished one of them at least. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you've only got three spots, like Mika said, on your front line. And yeah, whilst that Watford game could be interesting, Swansea, you've got to assume they're going to fight very, very hard when Everton play them away uh, this Saturday. So yeah, I think I think it's only the Watford game really where you might see something interesting happen. And uh, there's there's just bigger fish to fry really with with the front line. Absolutely, yeah. I think with the value of the other strikers at Lukaku's price in the double game week, I think we we need to start moving away from him now. Stato, coming back to you for the uh, the Swans, their opponents in this one. I think if you've if you've used your wildcard already, and I think I said earlier, if you've got, I think if you've got Lorente or Siggy, I'd probably cling onto him, um, one of them, just you know, see what they do against Sunderland. And um, if you are playing a wildcard, you could you could look at Tom Carroll just because I mean he's not a double game weeker, but he's He's four point one, so he really is he really is bargain basement and you know, you never know, he may get you a return and, and you know, again we keep saying as an enabler, um not a double game weaker but cheap as chips. Absolutely, yeah. So possibly enabling the higher priced players. Okay, well, let's. Uh, well, the next team we've got is Hull versus. Well, we've talked about Sunderland already, but I, I can't see many shouts here. But Hull City, Mika, do you do you like any enablers from Hull, or again, are they a team that have just uh, bigger priorities? I suppose. Yeah, I think the bigger bigger concerns are Grosicki again. Look, absolutely brilliant. He had that one free gig. I think he struck a post or something yeah, like is, that. Yeah. I think I, I have been shouting him for the past like four, 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 five game weeks. Luckily, luckily he hasn't been doing great in point wise, but on the beats he looks absolutely brilliant. Other than that, uh, I think there are cheap uh, defenders from uh, double double game week teams. 
So I, I wouldn't go there. All right, they have Sunderland at home at game week 36. Well, <laughs> Harry Maguire was, was playing really good and Hull is not conceding at home. So if you want to get a Hull player, get one Hull defender. But other than that, I wouldn't go there. Yeah, I think Harry, Harry Maguire might be a really good player for next season, though, if Hull do stay in the Prem. But yeah, maybe like we kind of did last season, I can't remember, I think it was against or the season before, teams playing against Aston Villa was like a captain option. Teams playing against Sunderland, which are down and out, loads of injuries. That might be one. Maybe you can punt on likes of Kuziki or Niasse going forward. Okay, some cheaper options there. But uh, Liverpool again chasing the top four with a victory again against Watford tonight. So Klopp is gradually getting the job done. They've got Southampton, West Ham... Middlesbrough on the run-in. Iceman, Coutinho's got injured. Yeah, Liverpool do. have any weight for you in your wildcard team? <laughs> no, I'm not keeping any of them. A lot of people were thinking about keeping uh, Coutinho uh, or even going for Mino, but with the likes of that, it's, it's difficult. They've only scored one goal apiece in their last two games, so turning out to be not, not really a great option at all for me, and I'm not keeping them on a wildcard. And now that Coutinho's seemingly injured with a, a knock, I think it was, he may still play the next game, though, uh, but if I had him, I'd be removing. OK, Mika, what about what about you? How do you feel about Liverpool at the moment? Yeah, well, I think Liverpool fixture difficulty goes uh, upwards or a different way around. If they play a top team... They are really good, but if they play the lower half team, they are really bad. So and the remaining fixtures are against Southampton, West Ham and Middlesbrough. So I would say that they have really hard fixtures and don't go near them. And also, if Coutinho just went out injured, I wouldn't touch them. Yeah, they've certainly lost some creativity there. Finally, uh, from you, Stato, anyone from Liverpool who's just featuring in your team? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Coutinho has been really good, I think, in the last in the last sort of few game weeks, and he's you know he's passed the eye test. Certainly on match of the day, and making runs into the box and taking loads of shots as he always does. Lalana's back now. I don't know quite know how he's how he's performed tonight against Watford, but um, Henderson still being out. I don't know. I mean, I mean, maybe they'll do something. Maybe they'll sort of pick up the pace a bit. But um, I think when I'm staring down the barrel at either Coutinho or someone like Sané or Ali or all these other midfield options, it's it's very hard to to squeeze someone in like him. And if certainly if he's if he's out, then I think I'm off the off the ball with Liverpool completely. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. This player, unfortunately, at the uh, the cost of their attacking midfielders, you've probably got people in the double game week who require that eight to nine million investment. Yeah, I think they they are going to be desperate actually, you know, for for a Champions League qualification. So that could go down to the wire actually with with the other two teams in the mix there. You know, that's not to be that's not to be sniffed at. I know there was something online about this about how it's worth about in revenue terms, it's worth about thirty million pounds when you consider Europa League is the next best thing. So they're going to be hungry for for staying in that top four sort of range. So you never know. You never know. The problem with Liverpool is just that uh, it's hard to justify a player with Firmino or Coutinho a prize bracket player above a double game week player. Yeah, so from that, it's just I wouldn't go there. Yeah, it's who you take out, isn't it? You've got you know four really good picks for your double game week you know options and. When you're wildcarding, it's hard to take anybody out and, and, and slap in a, a Liverpool player there. So I think it's, again, a sort of thing we were going back to earlier. It's it's hard to, to make a priority for, for a Liverpool player when you've got so many other priorities going on. 
Yeah, I'd have to agree. So that's some great players, but maybe not the priority in the next few game weeks. Second to last team we're going to talk about, chaps. Middlesbrough, well, we all got the uh, Negredo goal, albeit a week late. They're playing against Chelsea. I I can't really plug anything from Middlesbrough for this one, Iceman. No, no options for me now. Uh, I did take out Negredo this week for Gabbiadini, which was brilliant. Um, (laughs) But yeah, he's he's out for me. (laughs) Mika, any thoughts on, on Borough? Uh, they're completely dead to me. <laughs> they're dead to me now. Hmm. Literally dead to me. Stato? Yeah, they're, I think they're. I think they're going down, aren't they? If they lose, if, assuming they lose to Chelsea, I'm sure they get steamrolled by them. Although they, you know, they did put up a pretty good fight against City. And uh, assuming Hull beats Sunderland, then then that's it. It's history. Nice job done. Which takes it. I mean, the only other game we've got to talk about. We've spoken about the Spurs side of this. West Ham are at home against. Tot- Sorry, West Ham are playing against Tottenham in the next game week. Stato, let's start with you again. Anyone from West Ham you like, or is a similar situation as Borough? Yeah, I've, got, I've not looked at them at all. They really, they really faded. I think sort of in the mid game week twenties. I think there were some good, good options potentially with Lazzini and a couple of other players, but no. There was a glimmer of recovery, wasn't there? With some Lanzini points, Payet, Antonio, Carroll after losing Payet rather, Antonio, but they seem to have died off. Mika. Yeah, they play Spurs and Liverpool and Burnley away. On paper, those are horrible fixtures, and their their form is absolutely dreadful. So, uh, no, I I can't go there. That's it. And finally, Iceman. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing in Andy Cowell. I think that means you need a wee, mate. Yeah, I definitely need a wee. Let's have a break for the Iceman's piss, and then we will sum things up and talk about captains. Okay, so let's uh, sum up what's been said over the course of the pod. So we have been talking about all of the double game week teams, followed by the remaining fixtures for game week 36. So first of all, for Arsenal in the double game weeks, Monreal seems like the safe option. Check in goal as well. If you want to have a punt to save money, you could go with Gabriel. The big question, though, is Ozil versus Sanchez. Not necessarily the form, but they do like to bully the smaller teams. So it could be essential, particularly if other people are captaining Sanchez. Southampton, we've got the idea of Gabby Adini as a, as a cheap third striker. Yoshida and Stevens providing good value. And Chelsea, we talked about the core three all season. Some potential rotation risk is the only thing you might want to be mindful of over the, uh, the coming double game week. Leicester, Schmeichel could be a bit of a dark horse for points here. He'll be playing consistently. And Vardy, as a player to chase with, is a man in form. Just question mark the price tag on him. City with Kun injured. We don't know how long for, but Jesus seems to be uh, favourable in Pep's thinking. So it could be a good cheap option for Man City. Sane's looked in great form when he's played. And Caballero seems quite essential, actually, as a cheap price goalkeeper with good fixtures. Man United just are gradually becoming more and more crocked by the game week, but Blind has managed to stand tall, so he could be a good 5.2 option for them. Sunderland, we picked no one. No, we talked about enablers, uh, Pickford and Kone at centre-back. If you're looking for very cheap price options, we're not looking at huge point returns from them. Spurs, well, we know about the big three for Tottenham, so we don't say too much about that. The one word of caution, be careful with the fallback situation, potential rotation risk there. Watford of double games, nobody really in our thinking there, and the same for West Brom, seemingly dead teams now. We came on to talking about the Bournemouth versus Stoke fixture. We like the look of Josh King, he's been in great form, still provides great value in midfield. 
One word of caution from the Iceman, though, is that Butland is back and can potentially spoil the party with his ability. Not to pick him, though. Everton are playing Swansea. The only one we really looked at here was the cheap-priced Holgate of 4.1 million. Not a double game week, but he is playing regularly, and Everton could well keep a cleaning against Swans. Hull City, again, no one particularly grabbing, I think. Grzycki looks great, but in terms of his FPL returns, not so good. Liverpool have lost Coutinho for the time being, and actually there's no one else we're thinking has a higher priority in these double game weeks. And finally, Middlesbrough and West Ham, nothing. So that that is it for our summary. Nice, nice summary. Lovely. Although you so, did, um, sorry, you, you did say uh, no one from Watford. I do think there are a couple of enablers in there for me. Lovely. Okay, well, in, in terms of social media questions, we apologise, but we've pod's been quite a lot longer this week. We're going to um, we're going to skip the Twitter questions, hoping that actually what we've discussed would have answered the majority of those. I've seen lots of questions about Hazard and Sanchez, and I think we've covered those teams generally. Captain's choice going into game week 36. Let's start with our newest guest, Stato. Who are you going to opt for in game week 36? Well... Let me see now. Who have I got my uh, armband on at the moment? I think at the moment it's on Sanchez. I think if if he's going to finally produce something, he's got to step up to the plate either this week or next. So he's who I've got the um, who I've got the armband on at the moment. I don't think you should ignore even Chelsea just because they're just steamrolling their oppositions at the moment. And Kane's another good option. I think I think between those three, I think you've got some good options there. I agree, M- Mika. Yeah, we look the past double game weeks this season. All the game we uh, double game week goalkeepers have done really well. So I, I'm not gonna captain check, but I'm just gonna say that he's gonna do really well. Uh, <laughs> as, as a captain, I, I, I think simply have to go with Sanchez. Kane and Hazard might be good bonds also, but Sanchez with double, no brainer. Nice shot, Iceman. I've I've got the captaincy on Hazard for now. I just think that at home to Middlesbrough they're gonna yeah rip him a new one really. If you're going for the safe option, it's probably Sanchez because everyone else is gonna do it, and he's got those two game weeks. I just can't see him getting much against Man United. It'll probably be against Southampton if he is. But yeah, for now it's Hazard. Probably switch it about a million times and then uh, go for Sanchez. Yeah, I think if if you've got him, Sanchez is the best shout from my perspective here. Chaps, just a couple of final questions um, for the rest of the season. Just for a quick fire round here. Who are your must-haves for the remainder of the season? Stato first, who are you thinking? I'm thinking Czech. Uh, Caballero in goal. I think just the double-double for Czech. And I don't see him being rotated. Caballero, because he's got the good fixtures. He's a great price at 4.7. Southampton, Yoshida, definitely. If you're going to go Arsenal defender, Monreal's your safest bet. I think we were saying that earlier. Uh, Holgate's a real cheap option as an enabler Stevens as well and um, Sanchez for me is the number one option for the rest of the season um, as a must have it's, it's, it's just something that you've got to give it you've got to give it a go uh, you've got to say you gave it a go as well <laughs> and then um, you can't ignore uh, probably a whole Spurs spine really of uh, you know whether you go cheap with Trippier A or, or Davies and risk it or, or the cheapest safe way in which is Vertonghen and then Ali and Kane for me. Nice. Okay, a good range of players there. Mika, must-haves the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm pretty much going to go with the same with the style. Kane, Ali, Hazard, Sanchez and Czech for me. Nice. A nice man. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you can probably chip and chop and change between the rest of them. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. 
Yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I'd agree with your sentiments there, chaps. You've covered most of the ones I would have gone for. Mika, we'll start the next one for you. So differentials for the rest of the season. Uh, this is a really, really tough one as we are going to end of this season. So there's not, not many differentials anymore. But if you look the ownership percents, I think Jesus can be called as differential. So I would doubt him. And... If I can call uh, doubling up on, let's say, Arsenal or Southampton defence as a differential option, I would call that also. I like it. Stato? Yeah, I think maybe you could you could look at Redmond or Tadic, someone like that. I know Tadic has frustrated a lot of, a lot of uh, FPL managers recently with that missed penalty. But, you know, they've got the two double the game weeks and both of them are hovering around 5% owned. Redmond, I think, maybe 6%. They're quite cheap options. That's quite a good differential there. Pedro, he's currently 3.9% owned in the top 1K. Now, I, I imagine that will go up because I imagine some some managers will just go for him instead of instead of Hazard and, and spread the money elsewhere. But I think he's worth looking at. And um, Willian, I mean, I can't see him playing every game, but he could just pop up and score like he did, like he did in the last game. He only needed sort of, what was it? I don't know how long he was on the pitch for, not very long. He's he's just not percent owned completely. You know, no one owns him at all in the top one k. Someone like that, or or even someone like Walcott. You know, they they're going to make an appearance. You know, maybe nothing will happen, but there's a potential differential there, a huge one. Absolutely, and nice man. I've got a couple of differentials in terms of one that's in my team and one that's been in and out of my wild card is Leroy Sane. He's only six point three selected. I'm not sure about the uh, one thousand mark. If you I don't know if you've got that to hand, Stato. But um, also, Vertonghen, he's uh, only selected by 6.4. He's been in and out of my team a few times. I just I really can see a goal from him in these last few few games. But yeah, he's a he's a good differential going forward um, for the rest of the season. Yeah, Sane's 24% owned in the top 1K. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was last game week. And you would imagine that will go up. So he's probably, differential-wise, probably someone to stick clear of, I would, I would have thought. <laughs> But um, still not a bad shout, nonetheless. The only one I'm going to add, lads, is um, is the bully that is Meza Ozil, 6.5% owned overall. I know Sanchez is the favourable one, but actually if he turns up and does as usual against the smaller teams over the next few weeks, he could be a handy differential to have and give you a little bit more money to spend on your wildcard potentially. So he's the only one I'm going to add to that. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of another Fancy Football Surgery podcast. I want to thank our guests once again. Mika, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Had a, a couple of tongue twisters, but I, I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> and Mika, if people want to quiz you and um, and, and beg and sort of bug you about uh, who to pick in their wildcard and whatnot, how can they get hold of you? Yeah, you can contact me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter nick is H-U-A-P-I-S. Apuis. Apuis, okay. And... Um, Okay, so yeah, get in contact with Mika. Clearly knows his stuff, consistently in the top 5,000. Brilliant guest as usual. And also for the first time, and I'm sure not the last, Stato, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you having me on. And, and again, to give away your personal details as well, how can people contact you if they want to ask questions? <laughs> yeah, my number's 07. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm at FPL Stato. I have got a locked account. I mean, that's for a very good reason that I've, I'm playing <laughs> the Cash League and playing brothers and mates and all sorts so just I, honestly i cannot i cannot risk those guys seeing my my inner fpl thoughts <laughs> on twitter um but yeah by all means give me a follow actually it's funny enough i'm on the last game week so game week 38 i'm i'm flying 
I'm flying back from a stag do for basically the whole of game week 38 because it's all you know 3 p.m. kickoffs on the Sunday, and almost everyone in my main mini league uh, is going to be there on that stag do, and we're all boarding the flight five minutes before kickoff of all the games, and then landing five minutes after finish. So none of us will have any idea what's going on throughout the whole of game week 38. <laughs> going to be a pretty interesting conundrum when we hit uh, passport control at Heathrow Airport. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute hell, the not knowing. Well, thanks for joining us once again. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, an Iceman. Yep, up the pod, Billy. And for me, once again, good luck in your game weeks. Up the pod. Good. He feels really good. It's really good. He feels really good. Double game week.